Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. I read about the coolest story yesterday. I'm like several days late to it. A day late, a dollar short, but I don't care. I'm still going to get to it at some point. Uh, before I do, can I ask a dumb question? No such thing as a dumb question. You know when you get into adulthood, your 30s, you get into your 40s, like each new decade brings something where you feel like you're the last one to find out. Right. I'm like just discovering that like wholesale food memberships, like Costco memberships, like I'm just discovering how cool these can be. Yeah. Are they really expensive? Not nah. too expensive. Nah, it's they, worth it. It is? They, you only pay a one-time fee a year. It's like 60 bucks. Yeah. So it's like Amazon Prime. It's cheaper than Amazon Prime. I say it's worth it, yet I haven't stepped foot in a Costco in maybe two years. My wife does all the shopping, but you know what? She comes back with like those muffins, batteries, (laughs) golf balls, clothes, like everything. I need to go to a Costco. Like I'm discovering this right now in this moment. That I need to check this place out. Yeah, I'm way late. Free food too. Yes, Fridays. It's only on Fridays. Is it Fridays, Curtis? I think it's back to Friday daily it, now. Curtis, really? you need to do it some scouting. Uh, get out in the field. You need to go to Costco find... more. Yeah, yeah. I go go to there Costco quite often. more. <laughs> oh God, I need to check it out. I'm hungry right now thinking about it. Um, I mentioned the good news for the Mariners, which was a good day for Jared Kelnick and Julio Rodriguez. I know the Mariners didn't win, but winning doesn't really matter at this point. Uh, these times, by the way, two thirty-five only Mariners game that went over two and a half hours and just barely. So you got Kelnick, Julio. Back-to-back Jacks, Harry Ford, RBI double. Emerson Hancock makes his debut, pitched one and two-thirds. One hit, one walk, one strikeout, topped out at 96 miles per hour. Good, 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 good. Only bad was a tough, tough, tough day for Matt Brash. But again, what did we what have we learned the entire time we've been talking to literally any guest out at spring training, whether it's Larry, whether it's Mike, whether it's anyone? They say, I don't worry about it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter the Mariners are two and four. Doesn't matter they're one and three on the road. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. All that matters is that you're seeing guys work on things with Robbie Ray. I kept thinking about what you were saying about can he bounce back? Yes, this is spring, Cactus League. I get it. But he what struck out three or four in a row, something like that, in his appearance. He tried all of his pitches. He tried that new splitter. Tom Murphy called it. Um, He said his slider has more depth. He hit 95 Mm -hmm. with his fastball. He's loosening up. My mom used to have a Ford Escort back in the day. It was like an 80-some Ford Escort, and we kept it probably way too long because we couldn't afford nothing else. And every morning, this is in California, every morning I'd have to go out there and uh, and start the car and let it warm up for a while in like 60, 70-degree <laughs> weather because that's how old it was. Were you walking was. out just walking out, blowing into your hands, your hands shaking? <sighs> I'd even sit down in the, the driver's seat and rev it up gloves. a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's what Robbie Ray's doing. He's the Ford Escort, just warming this thing up a little bit, see what it can do. Oh, God. Uh, I'm. It's just everyone telling me to uh, get out to... Costco and welcome to the club, Stacy. This is absolutely where you be. Someone, someone said, if you're single, Costco is a waste. Unless you're using way too much toilet paper, nothing from Costco is a waste. Because you know what, I can still do when I'm single: eat twelve giant breakfast muffins. Yeah, or you can go <laughs> no to the problem. food court and get a bunch of dollar fifty. Yeah, uh, hi, Costco pizza. I've had that before. Pretty solid. Um, that's exactly what it is, bump, and that's the perfect analogy. And I really love the um, the comparison to uh, 
cold for you when you were younger growing up in California and cold for me here being two very different <laughs> things. Uh, but you're right. It's just kind of warming up the car. You're just getting yeah, ready. You're just kind of, yeah, you're just checking it out, you know, waiting to see what it's like. Um, we, uh, we're going to get to some Seahawks stuff in one second because I have a question for us about some of the biggest needs. Can I tell you, though, about I sent you guys this story and I'm so late. If you've heard about it, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm so late for this news. But the Czech Republic team for the World Baseball Classic. Did you read that? I didn't read it. Oh, I saw it, though. You guys, Curtis, you'd already seen this because they have CR as their hats. And I saw that oh, you were really excited. Absolutely. Those were your initials. That's my team in the WBC. Okay, Outside so of Team USA. If you were looking for another team to root for for the WBC, I know many people rooting for the Dominican Republic, not just because this roster is absolutely unbelievable, but obviously Julio is going to be playing. Um, but the Czech Republic team bump, they have, first of all, baseball was not a thing there. Because obviously they were under communist rule. So until 1989, they didn't even have like U.S. baseball coaches coming into the country. Really? So if you have to think baseball here, historic, right? Baseball elsewhere in the world, historic. Um, Baseball in the Czech Republic started basically in the 90s, like creating little league teams in the 90s and 2000s, you know, so they so they're pretty far behind the eight ball, but they're still like so passionate about it. And they have this league called, I think, Extra Liga that has eight teams and all of the players who are in it, who are professional baseball players, but they're playing in the uh, WBC have other jobs. Because they can't just be professional baseball players. Right. So they're like, like the manager is a, a neurosurgeon. And wow. uh, like the another one of them is a sales rep. Someone's a high school like art, uh, art teacher or something. So they just have all these random jobs. It's like if you and your boys just were like, let's get let's get a pro team together. Let's do this. Hey, guys. Anyways. You like baseball? So they have never, ever, ever played on a world stage like this. Okay. Diehard fans, though, like they love baseball and uh, they don't have I don't I don't even think they have any like professional players represented right now in the majors or anything. Um, They were in the first round to try to qualify for the first time. They lose to Germany 21 seven and the game is called because of a mercy rule. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever had a game called because of a mercy rule? Never. Never. No. Have you been on the other side? I have in football. Yeah. They run the clock once you're up 40 Ah. points. I've uh, I've been on the the good Winning and bad side. end. I've been on both ends of that one. So the Czech team, that game's called. They lose twenty one seven to Germany. Then they beat France. Then they beat Germany again. Then in the finals, they beat Spain. And now they're going to the World Baseball Classic. And here's why I'm saying it. I think that we're looking at the WBC as like, okay, how long are these Mariners players going to be away before they get back to camp? And I just want to stress how important the WBC is to so many people. And that it is still a really, really cool event, not just something that's interrupting your spring training, if that's how you were looking at it, which I know not everyone was, certainly. But it's just a really cool story. So if you were looking at Julio and the DR and that team, I'm just suggesting another team. They aren't even playing each other in the first round. Yeah, the reason why people see it as uh, a disruption is because we have the world's league. The MLB. Everybody wants to come here to play in this league. So when you have players leaving and missing stuff, you get a bit selfish. But no, I, I appreciate things like uh, the WBC because whenever you get a chance to play for your country, there's something special about that. When I was 14, I represented the U.S. in Europe on like a, a soccer tour, like mm-hmm. a 14 U team. It's the closest I got to represent our, well, I did represent the country. And uh, it was awesome traveling from. 
England to France and Spain and, and representing the USA. There's something different about that. So um, think about think about it in that way. You know, they have an opportunity to represent moms, dads, cousins yeah. and all that. Granted, it messes up what we got going over sure. here. But uh, silly Americans, man, let them let Do them Do you have live. any, like, jarring memories from that that are either really cool or jarring, like, where you were like, whoa, I am abroad? Yeah, I remember we stayed in uh, Brighton Beach. It's in Sussex. It's outside of London. And, in Brighton uh, Beach. Oh, Brighton I think you Beach. mean it's in Sussex. The university, right down the road there. Oh. <laughs> and um, I remember I picked up, I ordered, a, I was drinking soda at the time, young kid. I don't touch soda now. But um, I picked up a, a Sprite, and it was the smallest Sprite I've ever seen. I go, right, where are the regular Sprites? You go, no, this is standard. This is standard. I go, what are you talking about? They were like, we don't eat like you guys I need my 32-ounce yeah. big, big gold. Yeah, right? my medium, okay? It, it was crazy. And then I remember remember when FUBU was hot at the time. FUBU's still hot. What are you talking oh, yeah, about? Okay. No, I better not but catch I, you I, on FUBU I, I remember when FUBU was hot, yes. And FUBU was hot, and I'm wearing my, my FUBU, the 05 jerseys, and people are offering to buy my my jersey for like 150 pounds because they didn't make jerseys be, or clothes yeah. big like that in the UK. Oh yeah. my God. That is really cool. Really cool culture moment. Um, I barely saved us enough time. Why don't we introduce the topic and then uh, spend a little more time on it uh, coming up at 1045. Uh, we're going to have Brock Heward in between joining us from spring training. So here's what I'll introduce before we get to the question at 1045. Um, We've had some Seahawks news that we know about, and I don't think that we've coupled it all together and really thought about uh, how much it's impacting positions of need. Need I remind you, Austin Blythe announced his retirement Tuesday. Both Gino and Drew are free agents. Jordan Brooks had ACL surgery in January. Cody Barton's a free agent. Puna Ford's a free agent. Al Woods is under contract in his age 36 season. Like, you know, we're all focused on, like, what are they going to do at five? Are they going to pay Gino? We're kind of forgetting You've got a lot of positions of need on this team. So let's rank them. Let's, do let's it. start looking at them. Um, the number one is like far and away defensive line. Yeah, you got to start with the big boys. <clears throat> you mentioned Al Woods being there. We hope he comes back. But my man is what, 35, about to be 36? About uh, real close to 36. About to be 36. And when you look at that defensive line, he was the only guy I felt like fit what they were trying to do in those trenches. Look at the nose and the tackles or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, Puna Ford did his thing that's a little undersized. I think you got to find ways to scheme him up. But you look at Al Woods and you go, okay, that was the anchor. Can your anchor be a guy that's 36 years old at such a grueling position? Does Al have another year in him? Probably. <clears throat> I think he can get it done. But when you start hitting those mid-30s, the body just responds differently. So I think, I think most of us are on the same page in this region to where we feel like that defensive line has to be addressed. That is the foundation of a defense. You can have everything on point. You can have the greatest linebackers still need work there. Mm -hmm. You can have the greatest secondary, probably the strength of this defense. If you're not controlling the line of scrimmage, that means absolutely nothing. That means the quarterback will have time for days to throw the football. That means that that offensive line can control the line of scrimmage. You can run the rock. So I think the position that we have to look at first is definitely the defensive line. Well, and that's why you and I both, as much as we've entertained quarterback at number five and have kind of talked about this conversation, that's where you and I both want to see this team go at number five. Yeah, you got to go there, man. You, you got to go. You have to. Unless, unless, <laughs> unless. Oh, God, here we go. Unless you don't plan on keeping Gino. Okay. And there's somebody late that you think is a diamond in the rough. Now, they've taken their chances with some guys. You mean late, like 
back half first. Late, like, like your second, your, your, third. Your 20th pick, your 37th okay, okay. pick. Not, bump doesn't mean like a fifth rounder. Yeah, not a fifth rounder. You know, we're, we're bougie now. We got a fifth <laughs> round pick. Late for us is anything past 15. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so Late. Oh, sorry. I, meant, I was talking double digits. I thought that's what you meant. Yeah, sorry. We're a single digit team late, right now. Later in the first or early in the second. <laughs> I can't relate I mean. to you guys. I don't yeah. know what you guys no, do. No, sorry. We're a top five How's team. your kids? How's your wife? <laughs> um, <laughs> so unless you can't figure out, unless you don't think you're going to keep Gino. Um, then I think that maybe you, you entertain the quarterback spot. And they're keeping all options open, but most definitely you got to get the best defensive lineman there. And with all that's going on with Jalen Carter, you never really know. That man might slip to us one or two spots and see what happens there. Hey, uh, I mean, he might. He might. Um, let's go to linebacker. I want to save. There is a position we don't talk about enough that I'm going to save for 1045. So let's go to linebacker for just two minutes because Jordan Brooks with ACL surgery on January 19. Cody Barton's a free agent. Uh, You've mentioned this before, so I'm going to introduce with your own point, which is that uh, Jordan Brooks being injured might have saved Cody Barton's job. Cody Barton could be back here. But even with Cody Barton back here, you need someone else. Yeah, y'all brace yourselves. I see so many people talk about, don't bring Cody back. Let me highlight what Cody did late in the season, all right? He had some interceptions. He played better. Is he your Jordan Brooks, your Bobby Wagner, your KJ Wright? No. But because my man Jordan Brooks had hurt, as soon as he went down, I was sitting next to Paul Moyer. I tapped Paul on the shoulder. I go, it's the worst time for that injury. And Cody Barton might have just had his job saved. Why do you depend on Cody Barton? You're not going to depend on him to be the guy, but you depend on him to at least be solid. Right, at least get lined up correctly. At least understand the language. Right, he can be teaching whoever you bring in without him really knowing that he's teaching. As a young guy, what you do is you're in those meeting rooms. You sit back, you listen, you watch, you observe, and uh, you understand how the process works here. That's what Cody can do. I understand a lot of you guys aren't a big fan of Cody Barton, but there's something to be said about familiarity and being an assistant. And can I just add, this is not a defense. I I think Cody Barton is... You've got a great situation with Cody Barton when Cody Barton's your backup because you're like, oh, look how solid your backup is, right? right? Uh, Cody Barton is a starter, was off and on. He did start to improve as the year progressed. In defense of Cody Barton, I will say that the game in which we have that lasting impression and the game after which we are most critical was against Kyle Shanahan in the 49ers. Right. So that's a game that's going to mess up a lot of backers including young guys that don't have a lot of full-time starting experience. You know what playing linebacker is against the the 49ers feels like? For all my my older folks out there, my 80s babies, it's the game Frogger. We're standing on the side of the road and you're seeing cars go left, right, left, oh, yeah. right, left, right. And you're trying to you're trying to diagnose what's going to happen, anticipate what's going to happen. But then a car passes you and you make a move to your left. And the other car goes right, you make a move to your right. That's what being a linebacker against the 49ers is because they do so much deception. That's what the that's what offenses are anyway in the league, just deception. Mm-hmm. But with the 49ers, man, Shanahan does a great job. So not an excuse, just a reality that playing against the 49ers. I mean, it, Bobby has struggled against the Niners. KJ yes. has struggled. They've had good games too. Don't get it twisted. I mean. Aaron Donald, not a linebacker, Aaron Donald in the Rams defense has struggled against Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, it's deception. It's tough, man. I would love to hear KJ. KJ, if you're listening, call in, baby. Let us know what it's like playing against a team that does all that pulling and, and oh, RPOs a, and all that. I would love to hear from a linebacker point of view, especially like if you're like a middle linebacker point of view, inside linebacker, what is it like playing those guys? I will say, speaking of Frogger, me and my friend Emma when we were little, used to play this game where we would run across the highway at night and see how many times we can go back and forth <laughs> until the next group of cars came. That's what you do in SeaTac for fun. <laughs> That's what you do. Let's get to headline rewrites. Extra, extra, read all about it. 
Headline Rewrites. We must make headlines. The real story behind the headlines in today's news with Bob and Stacey. Headline number one, Jalen Carter has returned to the NFL Combine a day after traveling back to Athens, Georgia to post a $4,000 bail. An arraignment hearing for this case has been set for April 18th, a little more than a week before the draft. What's the real headline? So I guess you could say he raced back to the Combine. It's not appropriate. It's really not appropriate. Jalen, you need to be a better person. However... <laughs> Um, what I will say is uh, we talked about it yesterday. <clears throat> Jalen Carter, the accusations against him are very, very serious. Jalen Carter is not going to slip in the draft. It's just how the NFL so. works. I, I just don't think this is going to matter to a lot of scouts. I really don't. Unless there are other character concerns that they have tied to it. Now, does does leaving the scene of a serious crime say something about you as a person? Yeah, it does. So that's, that is a character thing in itself. Can you change that about yourself? Can you change as a person? I think that's what teams are probably hoping for when they interview him this week. Yeah, they're trying to see. They're trying to look into his eyes, man. When you have the opportunity to sit down with someone and feel their energy and diagnose what they're saying, you can do it over Zoom. You can do it over a a phone call. But there's nothing like being in someone's presence and feeling that energy. That's when you really start to believe or not mm-hmm. believe in a person. Mm-hmm. So for his sake, his future sake, I hope that he is in a good place. I hope he's got the right mentorship. I hope he's got the right counsel. And he goes in there confident. And he's honest about that situation. Yeah. You already were not honest. You fled the scene. You said you heard it. You were a mile behind. Then you showed up. And you and it took, I don't know how long it took for you to really spit out the truth. So I hope you learn from that. You sit down with these GMs and just be 100, man. Just keep it real with it. Yeah, someone said two people died in that accident, by the way. Yeah, we talked about this all day yesterday. No one's excusing Jalen Carter. No, not at all. No one is saying what Jalen Carter did is okay. And he didn't kill those people. Well, what I'm saying is that I think the NFL, much like people with money and power can get away with a lot, people with talent can get away with a lot. Like, I I really think that, that like, you have had prospects in the draft that have abused partners that have abu- that have fought and assaulted strangers that have been involved with crime and have still been drafted because if you are talented the NFL doesn't care. That's not me saying that it's okay that he left the scene of a crime where two people died. No. What I'm saying is the NFL looks past a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, they do. It's a service. If you can provide a service at a level that no one else can do it in many situations, owners, GMs, presidents all look the other way. Yeah. Headline rewrites. Headline number two, the early returns from the pitch clock and shift banning are in. League-wide batting average and total runs scored during spring training are both up over 2022's first week. What's the real headline? If you thought this rule wasn't going to last, I have some bad news for you. I don't know how many people were too upset about any of these rules. I know some people didn't love the pitch clock. I don't think anyone cares about some of the other stuff, like bigger bases. But the league is getting exactly what it wanted to see. Shorter games, better at-bats. Yeah, that's what you're looking for, man. The average game is, what, two hours, 39 minutes. That's 20 minutes less than uh, last year. 22 of 65 games have been around two hours and 30 minutes. I mean, 2015 was the last time games averaged under three hours when we're talking about regular season play. 
I think this is a good move. It's going to take an adjustment. I've talked to a lot of people. I've seen you guys in the text line saying, you know, you lose a lot, which you do. You do lose the gamesmanship of a, a batter stepping outside the box, taking his time. The pitcher walking across the mound, fixing his hair, tugging on stuff. You miss the stories from Riz and Sims and all that stuff in between. But it's... Uh, the game has to change with the times, and I think that this is a good move. And I think once we get halfway into the season, summertime baseball, people are going to forget all about this. Headline rewrite. Oh, guys, way too many people taking headline rewrites as an endorsement of Jalen Carter. Guys, everyone calm down. Literally, no one is co signing Jalen Carter who committed a crime. Yeah. <laughs> who, who does not understand that what he did is wrong? Like, Jeez, I, I can't believe this. You know what I want? I would love, I wish we can poll the listeners, especially especially the men. Because the men, there's a reason why our insurance is so high when we go get a car. You think that men uh, are more empathetic towards, like... I think, I think more, more men can relate. Because oh, eight out of the ten dudes I grew up with, we drove our cars fast and did some dumb stuff, man. Uh, so yeah. it's just, uh, it's reality. Well, it's not of, right, it's reality. It's also kind of... Tr- Turn. Someone said, I don't think listeners understand his role in the wreck. And someone else said he has done nothing wrong. The the, the wrong that he committed was leaving the scene of a crime. Uh, yeah. His role in the wreck wasn't driving the car or hitting the car. Or he was not inebriated either. His ro- his The problem was they were racing, which you cannot do. The big character question is that that car crashed. Two people died and he left. And then he came back and he lied to police about saying like, oh, I heard the crash from my apartment. And then he changed the story and said, oh, I was following them and did not admit to police. We were racing. And my friends crashed their car and died and I left. Mm -hmm. Like that's the character concern people have. Not not just about like, you know, whether or not he was driving or speeding. Yeah. But but yeah, guys, literally no one is co-signing what Jalen did. Not at all. But what we are saying is that I think that teams are very lenient with certain things. And this is something I think a lot of teams will look the other way with. Curtis, I didn't even let you read the last headline. Oh, it's okay. We'll, we'll get to it. it. We'll save it. We'll get to it with headline rewrites. We got some Bobby Wagner updates here. Uh, Brock Heward is joining us from spring training next. What's the latest with the Mariners? Don't go anywhere. Bumpin' Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost. All right, Brock, you are joining us now on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. Brock, I've been asked to uh, ask you how your arm is feeling. Were you getting out there <gasps> throwing around? Like, what's going on? Nah, no, Stace. No, I took a, a fastball right off the uh, bicep elbow area. I think I'm going to play this up. I think I probably come in sling tomorrow, uh, certainly with a sleeve at a minimum. But no, where we're situated, you look at it and you think, how in the world do you get hit? Uh, but one of the young catchers, uh, C. Roger, like this, is working on you know his long toss and his extension, and he just sailed it over the fence. And thank God it did not hit Justin in the back of the head, nor sulk in the temple, or they, they it, it had been bad. So it kind of skipped right between them, and I kind of had my arm at the table and just whammo, kind of like hit. If I was a, Oof. let me see, if I was a if I was a lefty. And I was up to bat, right, and it just hit my back elbow. Kind of, yeah, kind of one of those. Good, good little Bruce. Feel feel like I got a little war wounds because of it. To be honest with you, more than anything else. You're not naming names on this catcher. Was it Harry Ford? It was not Harry okay. Ford. I was hoping That's it good. was Legs That's Ford. Good. No, it was not Harry Ford. It, yeah, what, it wasn't O'Keefe. Who did we think it was, Mora? 
Acacia, yeah, some, yeah, some, some, yeah. He felt really bad. I mean, I got a nice hug. That's more than a bro hug, too. Like, I got a, I got a good little uh, apologetic. He got in there deep, and it was a good hug. So, all is good. All is well. Well, you, uh, you heal up there, Brock. All's well that ends well. <laughs> and you guys have been Thanks, out Bob. there for a while. Um, you've gotten to speak to a lot of these players. Who's been the most interesting conversation so far? There's not been a bad one yet, Bump. This is a this is a team that is that's just loaded with good dudes, man. Uh, very different than 14 years ago. Very different, maybe even than eight years ago when Jerry and Scott built this thing. But now they don't have to sacrifice character. Now they don't have to sacrifice for talent. It is. It is a, a bunch of guys that like each other. You feel that bump? You knew that from locker rooms that you were in. See, Raj, Stacy, you've covered teams. You've been around it. See, Raj, you played yourself. You know, when you genuinely enjoy the people you work with, it, it, you, you can't fake that. Yeah. And these guys genuinely enjoy one another. And frankly, when your most talented player is charismatic, is humble, is likable, and his name is Julio Rodriguez, that sets the tone for everybody else. And so, yeah, I, I can't pinpoint one. We have not had a bad one. Logan Gilbert's goofy. I see a lot of myself in him. Uh, if he were a radio host, he would talk, uh, you know, like I do probably, in some bizarre ways at times. Um, but he, he was a cat guy growing up, you know, so he even said it. I know, a little weird, cat guy. Uh, so he's probably the quirkiest that we have talked to yet. But, man, there's just... Not a bad interview to be had down here. I was going to uh, ask, you know, what's something that kind of stuck with you after one of the interviews you've had? I mean, I've heard some of the ones you guys have done. I love the one with Matt Brash. Uh, obviously, great stuff with Kelnick. Is there any mm. one moment that kind of stuck with you for a while after the interview where you were just kind of thinking about it that day? Well, I mean, come on, Stacey. Like, we finished with Julio and Salk and I were both. Like, I was dazed and confused. I'll be honest. Like I, there, there were moments of that interview that I, I kind of went black because I was in a stare down. He's got these just gorgeous green eyes that lock into you, and he engages in you. He's not most of these athletes don't really look at you, right? They kind of look at you and back and forth, and and he is he was and I'm like a foot and a half, I don't know, two feet from him. So sit next to me, and he just he he, he wants like your eyes. So he's going to be engaged, and he's going to ask you to be engaged. So after 15 minutes, it was like a stare down, and I was done. I was pooped. I, I was kind of, whew. Salk was a little more mesmerized by the emerald green beauty of them. I was more just, I, I, I was, I, it tested me. It tested my uh, stare endurance, and it isn't what it used to be. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> hey, Brock, what's the, um... And he's a great guy. And he, uh, honestly, he's a great dude, too. So... Yeah, sorry, Bump. What you got? All good, all good. What's the um? We, you have a chance to sit out in the crowd, right? I think the first day was probably the the biggest crowd, at least from what I saw watching the stream on YouTube. What's the chatter like mm-hmm. about the Mariners? Is this spring training different than any other that you've been a part of? Well, internally, it's different because they know what they are and what they've done. So internally, you definitely feel that not we've arrived, not cocky, not what we've got this figured out. But, you know, we're we know we're good and we know we want a playoff series and we know we went toe to toe with Houston and we know kind of who the champ is kind of like. The Seahawks maybe in 11 and into 12 and knowing that the 49ers in the division, 
we're the Goliath, we're the bully, and we got to start to measure up to them, and then we got to beat them, and then we got to surpass them. So Houston is that in this division. There's no question about it. They're still climbing towards them and going to have to ultimately knock them off. So I would say bump internally. They know a whole bunch more of who they are. Uh, being you know in the stadium uh, in a couple of these different places, we were on the road the first on Monday out at, in Glendale with the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were uh, here the other day, a home game. We're going to be here today and watch them in the Eddie, Vetti, Eddie Vetter Cup, you know, big one with the Padres today in their shared shared facility. And there's more. Scott Services said that there's more fans, there's more engagement, there's more people than they have had in recent years, and that's because I think more of these fans. And just over my shoulder here, I'm looking out at the bullpen, and the fence is packed with people. And that's not the way it was last year. That's not the way it was 14 years ago, 10 years ago. So these fans know this team is good too, and uh, they've got star power. They've got elite pitching. They've got difference makers. And I'll tell you, man, when you've had young people pop like Matt Brash, like Logan Gilbert, like George Kirby, like Julio Rodriguez, like Cal Raleigh, they want to see who's the next. Like, I think there's an excitement level of, okay, you know, we know this organization's going to create some some young studs, so who's going to be the next one to, uh, to pop and emerge this year? And, yeah, so a lot more attention and a lot more eyeballs down here for sure. You know, we've talked a lot about um, either really big names, the biggest name like Julio, uh, guys we know are great like Luis Castillo, the ace, right? Um, Jared Kelnick, guys who can take a big step forward and, and be the next Cal Raleigh and, you know, get a chance to kind of bounce back and establish themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't talk a lot about guys that have been here. I mean, JP, Ty France, right? Um, where's an area where you hope to see one of those two guys improve this year? Yeah, I, I think Ty France, you know, looks and feels so much better. And obviously uh, a, a lot of debate about his injury or not injured last year in his second half. And, and you know, a, a lot of these guys are physically impressive. They just are. Teo looks like an NFL safety. Julio could play linebacker, tight end in the NFL, no question. There's a there's just a kind of an athletic caliber that's impressive. And, and then there are guys like Ty France. JP is a good athlete. He's, he's not as powerful as some of these others, and certainly some of his compadres at that shortstop position that all got paid what they did, he may not be of that physical ilk. Um, so, you know, Stacey, you're right. He, he's one that a couple of years ago when he was signed, we all thought, okay, here's your next leader, right? You know, during that COVID year, and he really emerged and had a great year and, and got an extension, and he's going to be the face. And, and I don't th- that that's not necessarily him, and that's okay. You, you don't, you know, you got to be who you are genuinely, and that authenticity matters. And I don't think he minds being like, okay, I'll just grind them. I'll just, I, I'm just going to outwork. And, and I think this year, uh, his defense without the shift is going to be important. But those two you mentioned, Ty and JP, mm-hmm. you're right. They're not Julio. They're not Kelnick. They're not Cal. They're not this pitching staff. They're not as dynamic, maybe, as those guys. But you better believe, just like those Houston Astros, kind of like Kyle Tucker and some of the guys that, you know, hit 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth for them, they mattered. And those guys will matter this season if they want to continue to close that gap with Houston. All right, Brock, we appreciate you sticking around a little late after your show to join us from Peoria. Lots yeah. of good insight. Uh, if you guys want to hear any of the interviews that Brock talked about, too, you can check him out on the Brock and Salk podcast. Thanks so much, Brock. See you, Brock. Yeah, I'm going to go to the cold town. I'm going to get a little ice stand. Yeah, little, yeah make uh, sure you do that. Maybe wrap here, that so up. It's some run. icy hot. It's something. <laughs> <Yes>. it's, <laughs> you'll yeah. get them next time. All buddy. that good stuff. You got it. <laughs>
Thanks. All right, guys. Have a great day. (laughs) See you. you. Bye-bye. You are listening to Bump and Stacey on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. All right. I mentioned that the Seahawks have a couple different issues. We talked about defensive line. We talked about inside linebacker as needs. But there's another issue that is central. Huh? Central. That's a hint. I like that. To some of their issues that they've had on offense. That's next. Bump and Stacy, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios on Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. All right, Bump, did you want to say something really quick? Yeah, real quick. We're getting a, well, not a lot. There's a few people on the text lines who are offended by something that you or I said regarding Jalen Carter, and I think maybe they took it out of context. Well, I think um, yes. I'm going to let you go and. What I have to say to whoever's listening who was offended by what I said, I said it's reality. People race all the time. Um, it didn't make it. I wasn't making an excuse for people racing. It's just that there's someone out there racing right now, and that the, that's how the NFL is going to see it. They're yeah. not going to see the, the Jalen Carter situation as he himself murdered somebody. Yeah. I think that if he actually did, if he abused someone, then uh, it might, if he was doing drugs, sexually assaulted sex, someone, yeah, then the NFL will see this a bit differently. The NFL is going to see this as this is a young man who made a poor decision. Unfortunately, it ended up in two people passing away. So if you are, I've lost people to uh, car accidents, racing. I lost one of my buddies in college to racing. He was racing. He was impaired. Shouldn't have been doing it. Uh, so I feel your pain. Um, I'm just giving you an honest perspective into how the NFL is going to view this. Doesn't mean that um, it isn't right, but Jalen Carter, like I said, provides a service that they're gonna they're willing to overlook his poor judgment in that situation. It ain't right. Shouldn't be racing. I'm not advocating people going out there and racing. I was just telling from my experiences, from the people I grew up with, mm-hmm. we raced. And it was stupid. And I've lost a friend because of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, if you've lost anyone to that, I I sincerely feel your pain. And uh, that's not where we were coming from. No, and I'm glad that you said that. I'm I'm glad that you clarified it uh, better than I did. Because for me, I was getting kind of, I was getting defensive because I was like, guys, I literally, I sat here and I talked about like how this wasn't wasn't okay. I think, too, I want to stress something. Everyone... The vast majority of people in the world are good people. I really believe that. And the vast majority of people in the world don't like seeing others be hurt and empathize when others are hurt. Right. And I think when the NFL world right now is talking about Jalen Carter, some of the uh, strong emotions are coming out when people look at it and say, I lost someone to this and that hurts me and that hurt is important. But I think what makes the Jalen Carter situation complicated is that there is – a way to look at it that is that takes a little bit of emotion out of it and and that that gets really confusing and frustrating for a lot of people but to your point I think that's how the NFL is looking at it and yeah. like it you can simultaneously say hey Jalen uh you were racing some friends and they crashed you were being you were driving recklessly mm-hmm. uh they crashed you left you came back and lied about it I hope you learn from that because it's not okay. And it does say something about character. You can recognize that and then also recognize that um, people are people. And, like, I hope for him that he becomes a better person from it. And I feel like sometimes we too quickly just say, like, oh, man, forget that guy. You're like, you should die. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be here. And it's like, you know, I think that what – 
you and I have been doing with a lot of this is trying to add as much, as much context and nuance as we possibly can. Right. And it's hard to do that without, like, making people feel hurt. So we yeah. also want to recognize. I'm glad that you mentioned your own history with that, that yeah. you have your own hurt. And you're oh, yeah. saying, like, this is just where I'm coming from with it. You know, like, I understand the hurt. And also, this is how I feel about Jalen. Yeah. So I'm glad so, you mentioned that. All love. Yeah. And again, I'm, look, if if anyone is wants to have a conversation about it, it's a big conversation right now. So we welcome those conversations as well. Always. Um, okay. I only left us four minutes, so we are going to get back to this conversation later in the show, okay? Um, I mentioned a central issue for the Seahawks' offensive line. Uh, It's center. And uh, obviously the news of Austin Blythe retiring on Tuesday uh, was – I don't know how many people took it because he was set to become a free agent. So you might have already been telling yourself, oh, the Seahawks have to find a center anyways. But – um, when we're talking about, you know, the needs for Seattle's team, uh, for the positions of need, we talked defensive line, we talked inside linebacker. I think we often forget about uh, the offensive line and how important that is for this group. So where do they address center? Is it free agency? Is it the draft? What do they do? No, nah, you have to. I think first and foremost, you got to explore every possibility in free agency. You have to cover east west north south look at every single possibility during free agency right march 15th is going to happen before uh the draft happens so that's the route that you go but then what do you do you have to work towards the future if you have somebody you see somebody in this draft and i wouldn't pick a center i've been saying this whole time your first three picks you should be heavy defense after that maybe you go a center the earliest i would look for a center would be with their second pick in the in the second round and beyond that. But no, you got to address it because what do you want? You want a Max Unger. You want a guy who's going to mm-hmm. be here for a while. You already got your two tackles, so I feel like we'll be here for at least two contracts if they continue to progress the way they've been progressing. You want a center like that as well. You look at the best line in Seahawks history was that Walter Jones, yeah. uh, <laughs> Robbie, um, Hutch, all those guys, right? They were together for a while. There's a reason they were cohesive. There's a reason why... Sean Alexander knew when that cutback was going to happen because he felt the release of his guards because he knew that Walt Jones was going to take care of the front side. There's a gel, a gelling that happens when you get these reps together for a long time. So that's what I want. You have to go out and get you a center now. Austin Blythe retired. Uh, I believe Kyle Fuller is now a free agent as well. So te- technically, you don't have a center on your roster <laughs> right now. Technically, you don't have a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a center. You don't have a quarterback. There's some things that you have to do. So, yes, you start with free agency, but then you go and get somebody young. Imagine you get a center and him, Abe, and Charles are together for three or four years, and they progress the way that we've seen these two tackles progress. It could be a beautiful thing. Still got to get a guard or two. And I forgot Damien. Damien's been here for a few years mm-hmm. now. Right? He's still young. You want guys to grow together, and hopefully you get the right nickel. Remember I said I want a nickel, not five pennies, yes. what my coach used to say about whole the offensive nickel. line. You get a whole nickel, and they grow. But that's how it's supposed to be, right? I think that we've seen this offense. Like, if you look at just, we don't think of Seattle as like this really great offensive team or offensive powerhouse the way that you do with, obviously, Kansas City. Seattle's had a top 10 offense around 10 or 11 in like more years than not under Carroll and with Wilson here. And I think that because they never had a great offensive line, maybe we subtly have always thought, oh, you can get away with being a little worse there. Right. But like, if you're going to invest in you know, a really expensive wide receiver, another expensive wide receiver. If you're going to pay your quarterback, if you're going to do all this stuff, if you're going to use a second round pick on a running back, 
get the get the foundation going. You know what I mean? Exactly. Would you spend three hundred dollars to get your hair done and then spend two dollars on shampoo and conditioner? <laughs> I don't know. Would you? I don't have hair. You should let me know. <laughs> let me tell you what. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't. Do it. You shouldn't. If you're already going to spend so much on one thing. You can spend on something else that's like the foundation of it, and that's right. what the offensive line is. That's my hair analogy for the Seahawks offense. I'm moving on. In fact, we're moving on to Mariners. Uh, Mariners insider Shannon Dreyer is going to join us from Peoria. That's next.